1: what is up everybody welcome into this thursday episode of flipping bats where things are getting crazy down the stretch we got about 10 games to go and the al west is up for grabs for three different teams and it's absolute madness right now and the only thing crazier might be the nl wild card race so we'll talk about all of those races we're going to discuss spencer strider and the path that he is on so far in his career the twins and their chances in the playoffs we got a good honesty hour today about the MLB playoffs. I'm passionate about this one. we got some fan questions at the end. Adam Wainwright getting his 200th win. There's a lot to discuss today. Let's get to it. Five ball. Onto the track. At the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field. And gone. A game! What a moment! What is up, my friends? Happy Thursday, everybody! I am joined, as always—no, not as always. always. She's back! I've been gone all week. (laughs) Alex Curry. Did you think I was here? My presence
2: was just so strong. It was just looking over your shoulder. I just get (laughs) in such a zone, (laughs)
1: locked in, saying the same things that I just—I am joined again by Alex Curry. I'm glad you are feeling better. Oh, me too, Uh, man. Welcome back, Alex. I have to ask: uh, Do you remember?
2: Do I remember what?
1: The 21st night of September. What? <laughs> Happy 21st yeah, of September. I was like, what I do?
2: <laughs> what well, did I say something before I left? I don't remember. No. All right. All right. That was okay. That was okay. <laughs> I was like, what? do I ever know what day of the week it is? What date it is? No, but that was a funny one.
1: Thank you. Good Welcome job. back. Good job. Thank you. Welcome back.
2: Happy to be back. Uh, also, a nice 24 hours for your Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Beat in LA last night. Hired their new GM this morning.
1: World Things Series champs up. coming soon. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. Uh, I'm excited about the the direction that the Tigers are going in. I like the Scott Harris hire um, a, a couple, or I think it was last offseason. The Scott Harris hire is the president of Baseball Ops, and now Jeff Greenberg is the new GM in-house for the Detroit Tigers, and they're just starting to make the right hires. I'm excited. Uh, he's comes comes from the Cubs and the Blackhawks, actually, yeah. so like a hockey and baseball sort of background. The 20th GM in club history. Jeff Greenberg, I'm excited about it. Are you? Yes. Okay. Scott Harris, Jeff Greenberg, they're turning it all around. Scott Harris, Jeff Greenberg, Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Kerry Carpenter.
2: What did you, did you just a moment ago say World Series champ
1: Detroit Tigers? Coming soon. Do you have
2: a date? Are you giving us like a window? Because you said within five years for. Orioles. I so think you I've gotta, said, I think I've said mix in the Tigers. I think here? I've
1: said within five years, like eight different teams are going to win the world uh-huh. series. Yeah. But the tigers are definitely <laughs> on that list. That short list of eight dream
2: big buddy, Ben. Uh, I would dream say, big. what are we?
1: It's 2023. Uh-huh. It's the 21st night of September.
2: You literally had me in sweats <laughs> there for a moment. I was like, what did I forget? I'm going to say the Detroit
1: tigers win the world series in 20, 2020... I knew you were gonna say that. 2026. Okay. Yep. 23, 24, 25, three years? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, before the Orioles? No, 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 no. Okay. Orioles are get one in the next couple of years. All right. Eight teams will win the World Series in the next five years. That might be the hottest take of them all.
2: That will be a hot take. <laughs> you know what else is a hot take? What? I think whatever team Shohei Otani ends up on. Will have World Series chances, and he had a successful. <laughs> Not a hot
1: take.
2: Eh, maybe. I, I mean, it didn't happen. <laughs> well, that's his true. last uh, tenure with the the that's Angels. True. But he had a successful elbow procedure on Tuesday. Took to social media. Took to Instagram to share that it went well. He'll be cheering on the boys. Go Halos! Um, yeah be back next season to hit and back pitching in 2025. Why aren't they calling it Tommy John? Ben? I, 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 don't, know. <laughs> I is, don't know. This is my question with this whole situation.
1: Um. Yeah. So Dr. Elitrash who did the first uh repair to his did the first Tommy John. And yeah. again, I can't <laughs> say for 100% certainty that this was Tommy John because nobody's using the words. They're Tommy John
2: elbow procedure
1: that will keep him out from pitching until 2025. I don't know.
2: I mean, that sounds like Tommy John. It 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 was a torn UCL, which is the procedure you get done to then come back to pitch again. I don't
1: know. I think the wording is important. It went well. Um, he'll be back hitting in 2024. He'll be ready to hit in 2024 and he'll be ready to pitch in 2025. That's, that's the wording that's out there. Shohei took to Instagram, as you mentioned, to talk about it and to say it went well. And, um, yeah, I, I just always find those. I always think it's funny. Like, and we we discussed this, and I'm obviously very glad that it went well. But I can't remember anyone ever posting post surgery and be like, "Yeah, had surgery today. It went awful. It was well, a nightmare." You got to imagine
2: you wake up from surgery. It was a great success. It, it always has to be. That's wow. it. That's what it Didn't is. See I that, that reference, coming. That was great. <laughs> I mean, that's all you can do. You were asleep. You have no idea. You're in healing mode. The they fact told that me you, it went great, guys. The I'm, fact that you woke up is a success went that great. Is
1: a very Alex Curry way of you looking welcome. at things. I woke up, guys. Everything's I great. It's
2: going to be a great day. Great. It is. I mean, that's right. Yes. I haven't had any major surgery, so I don't know, but like, I would think that's the fear. I don't.
1: I haven't. Uh, I have to get my labrum repaired. I, I've what? had a torn labrum for over a decade. When are you point. doing that? I don't know. I was, supposed to, I was supposed to do it in off-season playing, and then I just never did it. I tore it in the. I dove for a ball in the outfield, like yep. fully outstretched, like full Superman. Caught it, landed on my arm, and it popped out of the back, and I popped yeah. it back in, and it's probably popped out about fifty times in the last ten Ooh. years, and just put it right back in. And yeah, you
2: might want to get that fixed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll call Dr. Elatrosch and I'll say probably a good great. idea. He's the guy. Yeah,
2: he is the guy. <laughs> Uh, speaking of guys, Adam Wainwright joined your brother <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in some rare company.
1: Yes. Uh, the 200 win club. I'm really glad he was able to get there because it's, it's no shock or surprise. This hasn't been a great year for Adam Wainwright no. and this is the farewell tour for him. He stuck it out uh one year extra after Yachty and, and Albert, because he, I, I think one, I don't think he was done wanting to pitch, but. This was a big milestone to get to the 200 win club. He was able to get there. he now joins this list of active pitchers. Uh, he's the fifth he's the fifth active pitcher to do it. He's at 200. Clayton Kershaw's at 209, Max Scherzer at 214, Zach Granke at 224 and Justin Verlander at 255. Congratulations to Adam Wayne, right It was really emotional. It was really yeah. cool seeing him get that win go back out on the field and you know the tears, the emotion was pouring out. And uh, I know it's not the year he wanted, but this is the milestone he wanted. And this is a big, this is a a big big milestone. It's a big deal. You know, like we, we talk about the 300 win club. And I think we had that discussion of, I think it was when Justin got to 250. Like, can Mm -hmm. anybody ever get to 300 again? And I think the only outside chance of anybody with the current rules and state of baseball, the, any, the only chance of anybody getting there right now is Justin. I mean, there's a serious conversation of people coming into the league now. Will we ever see 200? Like, how often will we see that? And uh, Adam Wainwright is the most recent to join that list and really cool moment for
2: sure. It is a cool moment. And you love to see that, especially towards the end of a lot of these uh, incredible players that we've grown up watching. Just just to have a moment like that on the way out is is beautiful. Yep. Albert got it last year. Now Wainwright got it this year. Yep. We're like three series away from the playoffs. I know. It's like I, that kind of hit me last night when I was looking at all the different scenarios. You started packing? Scenarios. Oh, yeah.
1: You have?
2: D- I got to plan my outfits, Ben.
1: Alex, I will pack.
2: Like I, my packing is like I ha- in my closet. I have a, a, a rack where I hang everything up for the week. I've already started hanging up all of my playoff outfits.
1: Wow. As yeah. long as I have this bomber jacket, <laughs> exactly. on, I'll be good Ben owns
2: two jackets and he's going to rotate them <laughs> no, every other I'm gonna day. Go,
1: I'm going to go shopping. I'm going <gasps> to, I'm going to go. Are you going to invite me? Sure. You know, it's my jam. I, sure. Let's go can, shopping. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to come prepared. I'm going to bring at least one extra <laughs> bomber jacket to the playoffs. <laughs> and this a white year.
2: t-shirt if we end up in the bird bath.
1: Bomber Ben is going to come in hot to the playoffs for sure.
2: Buddy Bomber Ben.
1: That's not sticking. Let's move
2: on. (laughs) We can. All right. Well, since uh, we are like a little over a week away from the postseason, let's start our making a statement in the AL West. All right. Because the AL West race is completely unpredictable right now.
1: Yeah. I, I, as expected, the AL West uh, was going to come down to the final 10 games of the season and here we are. It mm-hmm. has come down to the final 10 games of the season. We have the Mariners at 84 and 68. The Rangers are 84 and 68. Yep. And they play each other seven times oh, yeah. in their last 10 games. This is going to be madness. And on top of them, you have the Astros at 85 and 68. They've the Astros have played one more game than both of those teams. And they, won that one extra game. So they are a half game up in the AL West. This division is madness. 10 games to go. The Astros are up a half a game. Now this is where you start talking schedule, right? The Astros have the Royals for their next three. You got to sweep. You have to sweep. If you're the Houston Astros, the Royals are not very good. Take care of business there. Then you play the Mariners for three. And then the Diamondbacks is where they finish out the series. But the Rangers and Mariners, they play each other seven times. Two series.
2: Both back to like weekend series. Yeah. Like whoever wins these series is going to get that. I mean, again, it also depends on Houston too, but.
1: Yep. Three, three in Texas, Mm -hmm. four in Seattle. And then the Astros are Royals, Mariners, Diamondbacks. This division is, is absolute chaos. Uh, the, the Astros have had a chance to run away with it uh, for a couple weeks now, especially the week where they had the A's and the Royals, and they didn't do it. And maybe it was because they wanted this chaos oh, for okay. the world. The,
2: I love beautiful chaos like this, especially the last yeah. like week of a season that's going to determine who's in who's winning the division, who's like placed in what part of the wild card. Like it's, this is, this is what all you could hope for down the stretch, really meaningful baseball where these teams are playing each other. It doesn't get much better than that.
1: Shout out to the MLB schedule makers for the way this all shaped out, because this is, this is awesome. It's going to be chaos down the stretch. Uh, Astros on top right now, followed by the Rangers and Mariners knotted up right there in second place. And uh, this next week is going to be huge. So the the one interesting thing about this, I think, is, you know, when the Astros were really struggling against those those bad teams, the Rangers and Mariners were also really struggling, which allowed them to stay in first. They were all losing at the same time. They're not going to all one of those teams. The Rangers and Mariners is going to win those games. Yeah. So if you're the Astros, you're hoping for a split. Between, you know, those seven games, you're hoping it's four to three in one direction and you can just take care of business on your end. If one of those teams wins six of seven, they're going to win the division. Yeah. And that's how, that's how crazy this finish is going to be for sure.
2: That's so exciting. But this isn't the only crazy race going on. Let's move to the national league because the NL wildcard race is even more unpredictable.
1: The, NL you know, wildcard race for like a month now has yeah. just been absolute chaos. And right now it is as well. You have the, the diamondbacks who are 81 and 72. They're in second. Well, I guess to, to talk this conversation, we should start at the top. The yes. Phillies are in. Yes. The Phillies are going to be the top Wild Card unless something miserable happens over the last, you know, they're four games up three or two and a half over the diamondbacks who are in second and then behind them. Uh, is is where the chaos ensues. Cubs, Marlins, Reds, all battling back there. The Giants, to a degree, are you know are they mathematically eliminated? Eh, no, they're close, but you know they're they're falling fast. Cubbies are currently in a spot, and then you have the Marlins a half game out, and the Reds one game out. The Reds with a brutal loss on Wednesday, blowing a lead that would have put them uh, in a really good spot. So we're at a we're at a point right now with all because there's four teams that are all right there, neck and neck. One loss is like the end of this. It, could be. it feels like the end of the season. Well, it
2: is. We're in your last like three series of the season. Yeah. This is like do or die. You control your own destiny. You need to win to advance,
1: especially those teams um, outside looking in mm-hmm. one loss. There is brutal. So uh, I'm going to for sake of just assuming the Phillies are going to get in, not going to mention their remaining schedule here, but this is, this does get interesting. The diamondbacks who are in second right now, have the Yankees, White Sox and Astros. Now they're going to be playing the Astros in the last weekend of the year with the Astros needing to, you know, that's going to be both of them. Yeah.
2: Have like, it's extremely meaningful games. So so
1: it ain't, nobody's going to be like, it's not like the Astros will have clenched then and can like sit. It's going to be a full go for them. Um, And then, you know, if if we could put that back up so I could read the remaining schedules, it is uh, the Cubs have the Rockies Braves Brewers. Braves Brewers is tough. That's tough. Marlins is Brewers, Mets, Pirates. So that's pretty good.
2: It is. And also with teams with nothing to lose who are out, your goal when you're playing is to knock that other team yeah. out.
1: Yeah. And then Reds have Pirates, Guardians, Cardinals. So that's fairly uh, favorable for them. Yeah. And then the Giants, who I just Ooh. mentioned, have <laughs> Dodgers, Padres, who are playing really well, and Dodgers. By the way, Alex, huh? uh, Padres getting in the playoffs? What do you think? <laughs>
2: You're back on you're seven back in on a row, us.
1: man. You're seven back in on a row. Us. Let's
2: see how far out are they?
1: They're okay. Did,
2: we didn't have it on this list right here.
1: No, they're not here, but all they're I'm gonna here. say is I canceled them. You this did. is true, but if,
2: like you're eventually gonna cancel everyone but one team. Okay, so they're four and a half games back. So four and a half back, giants are three. Yeah, for the wild card. Yes, uh, no.
1: okay. Part, part of this uh, is a joke, but part okay. of it isn't because their remaining games. Are against the Cardinals, the Giants, who are really struggling. Yeah, and the White Sox. So
2: if they win,
1: they've won seven in a row. Yeah, they could. Th- there is a path where they could win the last nine games they have. How
2: heartbreaking if they do that and they're still like a half a game out of the postseason? Well, <laughs> like that's that's what I feel like would happen just because of how the Padres' season has gone. They're finally kicking it and like found their groove at the end of the season. They go on a crazy win streak and it's like. Yeah, half a game too late, buddy. Or if half you a game go on a
1: crazy win streak and you look up, it's the last series of the year. If you sweep, you could possibly get in. Yeah. And then you look up and realize, oh, we shut down Joe Musgrove and you Darvish. Hey guys, you might need to get we might need you to get That's going. That's kind of again. a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So I mean it's I I'm obviously partially joking there, but they're yeah. they're now playing the best baseball they have all year. Um they're not mathematically eliminated. They have nine games left that yeah. are all very winnable. And the teams in front of them are all going to be beating up on each other. So we'll see. But the, aside from that, the NL wild card race with the Cardinals, Cubs, Miami and Cincinnati is, uh, is going to be a lot of fun.
2: So you're not even thinking about the giants. No. All right. No. I love. I love that you're not even thinking about them. They're three games out, but there's hope for the Padres that are four and a half right behind them.
1: That is correct. That is how that works. Absolutely. But you know, Alex, do you huh? know why I'm not thinking about the Giants? Why? I'm ready to do it. Okay. Putting another team on the list: the San Francisco Giants. You, you're canceled. They're done. Yeah. They're out of here. I'm done. They're canceled. Are they mathematically eliminated? No, but I'm just, I'm I'm not yet close to a 5% chance. 5%. I
2: don't know. It's something around there.
1: Yeah. Something around there. Not enough percent to make me not cancel them. That's what I'll say about that. Uh, I've watched a few of their games lately there. I have no, I have no, you know what? That's all I have to say is they're
2: canceled. 2.1%. 2.1% to make it into the playoffs. Okay. I I was being uh, kind with the five. 2.1%.
1: I don't wait for percentages to say zero. I get real (laughs) risky and say that their season is done Uh before they're super risky. Uh,
2: It's a 2% chance. Yeah.
1: So yeah, Cardinals are done or Cardinals have been done. Yeah. Uh, The Giants Giants are done and that leaves. I think we're half. I think I've canceled now half the teams in baseball. All
2: right.
1: We're at the halfway mark. I mean, I don't know. I
2: I'm, I don't have it in front of me, but I'll I'll trust you. No,
1: he said risky as well. Oh, okay,
2: cool. The voices in our head. The The voices in in our our head head are telling us it's correct. We're not crazy. Maybe kind of. Okay, let's move on to our next statement. Spencer Strider is on a Hall of Fame trajectory.
1: I mean, you'd be silly at this point after less than two years of Spencer Strider being in the big leagues to say that he's not on a Hall of Fame path. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous to not say that. Of course, he's on a Hall of Fame path, but what, is, what does that mean, right? Like, he's not even two full seasons into his career. There's so much that goes into it. Has he had a great first two years? Of course, absolutely. Has he had a historic first two years? Yes, absolutely. He has 270 strikeouts this year. 270. Since 1900, the only Braves pitcher to have more strikeouts in a season is John Smoltz in 1996. Now, he's had 50 starts in his big league career. Most strikeouts through your first 50 MLB starts ever. You Darvish at 407, Dwight Gooden at 418, Spencer Strider at 435. It's kind of a big deal. That is a really big deal. He struck out at least nine batters in 31 of his 50 starts. His 31 starts with nine plus strikeouts are the most in majors since 2022. Most strikeouts in a pitcher's first 50 starts. Again, you saw that list. That's technically since 1900. He's taken only nine losses in his first 50 starts. That's
2: crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. But
1: that also has to do with how good the Braves are. But also when every time he goes out, he's dominating and putting his team in a position to win only nine losses and 50 starts. And we talked about it last year. In his first season in the big leagues. And he wasn't even a starter in the big leagues all season long. He was the fastest pitcher to 200 strikeouts in history, passing Randy Johnson. And this year he was the fastest pitcher passing
0: Spencer himself. Strider from yeah.
1: the year prior. It, it has truly been an, a, uh, an incredible start to his career. But yeah. That's what it is. It's an incredible start to a career. Is he on a Hall of Fame path? Absolutely. But, you know, you can't say, like, right now, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. What I can say right now is he's established himself as an elite pitcher in baseball. He's put himself on a Hall of Fame path. Absolutely. And I think he has the potential to do historic things with his strikeout numbers. And uh, I I think we're past the point in baseball where you can talk, like, all-time strikeouts because, like... (laughs) You'd have to, Spencer Strider would have to pitch for, by my math, approximately 47 years to get to Nolan Ryan. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I just, I really like the direction he's on. He's great for baseball. I have Smoltz on every week, Saturday with Smoltz. Talk to him about Spencer Strider and specifically Alex, the conversation, the, the comments that Smoltz made when he was on a broadcast the past week, Uh, he was in, he was on the Braves Phillies game and he made a comment about Spencer Strider where he said, Spencer Strider is so far ahead of any of us pitchers that have ever put on a Braves uniform. Whoa. And when I talked to Smoltz for this coming Saturday, so in a couple of days, that is one thing I asked him about. If he stands by those comments and, and what he meant by that. And uh, I want to play that clip now.
0: Uh, the obvious identity of a pitcher is how long can you keep it up and how long can you pitch? Now, we we were able to crack that code in our era. But I think the fact that he is just so dynamic and already has the ability to dominate a game that's what makes him special we never dominated we found a way to have longevity and in our own way dominate over time but never to the degree he's done now here's some things he's got to learn that we had uh, maybe a slower learning curve it took me three or four years to say some of the things that he's been able to do and once he learns them i mean he's got a chance to shatter every record that's ever uh been by an atlanta brave pitcher and doesn't matter who it is so that's how that's what i meant by that comment
1: John Smoltz quote: "We never dominated." 1996. John Smoltz, <laughs> 276 strikeouts. No, they were
2: worried about longevity. <laughs> I, I also, I gotta say, I love that you get Smoltz in just like the most random places for his interviews.
1: Yep, that like was he, his he's, grandkids' he's, house. His his daughter and he's been yeah. everywhere.
2: He did, like he just pops on wherever he is, and I love that he loves these conversations every Friday, we, every Saturday.
1: It's it's really cool, and it's funny you say that because it really has become like a really cool relationship and how much he enjoys coming on the show. And the sports business journal did an article last week about Smoltz coming on the show and um, how much he loves doing it and how, you know, I've, I've told this story before, but I grew up a huge Braves fan. So one to have Tom Glavin and John Smoltz on in the same week is like (laughs) insane, but to, the relationship that has come about from him and his want to do this. And he's done shows. He's done like interviews. He's pulled off to the side of a highway and done it on his phone. He's done it literally like sitting in a golf cart. Like he's done it in grandkids' backyards. Like it is, it has been really cool for sure. Good work. Thank you. All right. And good work to Spencer Strider for how good he's been.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Well, let's keep talking about pitching for our next statement here. Blake snow cements the NL Cy Young with seven no-hit innings against the Rockies.
1: No. Oh. Blake Snell cemented the Cy Young Award when he dominated the Los Angeles Dodgers a week ago. And that's what I came on here and said is that's when he wrapped it up. And this just continued to even more so put a stamp on his Cy Young campaign with seven no-hit innings against the Rockies. Uh, Just... Dominant and and not just seven, no hit innings. He's now at 30 straight at bats without allowing a hit 30 straight. Uh, So I I think Blake Snell wrapped it up a week ago Mm -hmm. against the Dodgers. And and I mentioned it in that show when we talked about it, but I just really, I, I think there was something, I think there was something cool about that start where the, the management and Bob Melvin went to him and said, Hey, we'll give you a couple days. Do you want to throw against the A's? Yeah. He said, no, I want the Dodgers. And he went out there and dominated that game and dominated this game as well. Blake Snell is winning the 2023 NL Cy Young award, and he's going to have an AL Cy Young and an NL Cy Young to his name. Uh, the only guy that was within reach was Justin Steele. Justin Steele on Wednesday pitched three innings and gave up six earned runs. So if you didn't already believe it's time to believe the, the Cy Young award is over. It's Blake Snell's. He absolutely deserves it. Uh, he has dominated for the majority of the year. Aside from like the first month or so of the season, it has been one of the most dominant seasons you could, you can see um, the The end numbers are going to be remarkable. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy for him. This is, this is really cool. He dominated in Tampa mm-hmm. when he won that Cy Young award. Uh, the way it all ended in the World Series and all that stuff kind of was frustrating to watch and him getting pulled out of a game that he was dominating. Then he goes to San Diego, not great, up and down, up mm-hmm. and down, up and down. Well, this year, it was all up. And Blake Snell when right, has some of the most nasty stuff you can see and you can, you can have to face, and he put it all together this year. And to be able to talk to him about that and get inside of his head and, and understand why he's having the year he's having, uh, was really cool for both of us, I think. And yeah. I'm, I'm really happy for Blake Snell on his 2023 NL Cy Young Award.
2: It just kind of... You, you, you feel the frustration that Padres fans must be feeling right now to have so many incredible players individually on this team pitching hitting like all around top to bottom. You you can see the greatness obviously here with Blake Snell continuing throughout the season to be great. And then now the Padres finally starting to figure it out towards the end of the season and looking like they should have all season. They have the pieces and it's just, I, it's hard to wrap your head around as to why they weren't able to figure it out this season.
1: I, you know, but I I think I get it now. You know, they do have the pieces, but those pieces don't know how to mesh. They don't know their roles. They don't know the table setters, and the get them over, and the get them in. Like, teams have that. Yeah. And when your best player in a season with that roster is Ha-Sung Kim, you have a problem. And, and, and it's not a talent problem. Yeah. It's, a, it's an identity problem. Okay. And it's a problem being able to realize, okay, I don't need to, I don't need to be the guy that puts the team on the back. We don't need to have, we just need to have our roles. And and I think where you're hitting in that lineup matters. And Xander Bogarts is going to be a guy. One, he's been playing injured for the majority of the season. And, and you know, so is Machado and yes, but th- that's not an excuse. Xander's going to be a guy that hits in like the two hole and hits for a high average and Tati, you know, like they're all going to have their own role. I just think this year was important to them to realize You can have all the talent in the world Mm -hmm. and it ain't going to work unless you can figure out how to make it work as a team and how to have your roles. And okay, you're, you're going to, we need you on base. We need you to get guys over. We need you to drive guys in. We need you to steal bases. Those roles all matter. And it just felt like with this team all season long until right now, honestly, it was, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the star on this team. I'm going to be the MVP and not in like this bad way, but like, it, they're all so competitive with each other. It's like, I want to be the guy to carry this team when they don't need that guy. They just need all of those players to be themselves and they would be so good. So it's almost too much star power. It's, it's too the much leadership. star power yeah. without knowing how to hone it in and, and handle it. Baseball's nine people in a lineup, mm-hmm. nine players, a pitcher. You, you can have all the stars, but there are roles on a baseball team. Yep. There are roles in a lineup and wherever you're hitting in a lineup, it does matter. And I, I remember in, in college, my, my junior year, I was hitting in the three or four spot and a couple weeks into the year, a uh, coach comes up to me and asked if I wanted to hit lead off. And he was like, just no, like, you know, it's going to, it is, it is different. We need different things from you there. Um, So, it, you know, where you're hitting in a lineup matters and all these guys, it just felt like this entire year was about figuring out their identity and they never did until the middle end of September. And it was too late.
2: Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's going <gonna>, it's <laughs> to be too I love that you're still holding on. <laughs> keep, keep, keep believing Ben. All right. right. We got one more statement here. Twins can make noise in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know why. Look, people are writing off the Minnesota Twins. The Twins can make noise in the playoffs. And I'm tired of hearing people think, okay, whoever gets the sixth seed in the American league is going to have a big advantage over the Minnesota twins. I know that the Minnesota twins haven't won a playoff series in forever. It's (laughs) been forever, you know, but this team, Joe Ryan, Pablo Lopez, Sonny gray. Let's start there. Okay. Let's start on the pitching side of things. That's dominant. They can dominate an offense. And they 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 can hit. They they sometimes struggle to hit, but they need they need their guys back, like Royce Lewis and Carlos Correa, who are currently not they're currently hurt. Does that concern you that they're oh, currently he, on the IL? Carlos Correa, his entire body concerns me. Well, He's, yeah,
2: and the fact that you're on the IL towards the end of the season, that means you're going to have to get your timing back once the postseason starts,
1: well, and getting your timing, timing back
2: takes yeah.
1: It hasn't been a great year, but what have I been saying about Carlos Correa all year? Come October, the guy does show up.
2: Okay. So coming off the IL, you think he's going to, I would,
1: I would bet on it. That guy's a, that guy's a different breed in the playoffs. It's unbelievable. But again, again, they have offensive issues and it's not good to have Correa and, and Royce Lewis both down. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to win the division. Their magic number is, is one. Yeah, they're magic. I I think I
2: just saw a graphic on the screen. They're winning the
1: AL Central, right? So, Carlos Correa going down, he came out of the game the other day with his plantar fasciitis and he's on the IL 10 days. Does that there's guess what? There's 10 days left in the season. Like, they're just like giving him this break leading into the playoffs and hoping to have him healthy. Yes, timing is a factor here. Uh, Royce Lewis being out is also a concern. He's been huge for them. The guys hit like 18 grand slams in the last 18 (laughs) games.
2: Do we know? (laughs) Is it like the most grand slams in like a condensed time?
1: It's gotta be, there's gotta be
2: like something like that. I think it was
1: three grand slams in 18 games, which I don't know if that's Fernando Tati Sr. hit two grand slams in In one inning. inning.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then Tatis junior on that anniversary hit two home runs yeah. at Dodger stadium, yeah. like same day.
1: Uh, so three and eight. I mean, I don't know if it's like all time, okay. but Oh, here we go. Yeah. Sarah Lang's of course she has it. shortest span of games in which a player hit four plus grand slams. So it was four. Yeah. And I was going to say,
2: cause I think it was three in like eight days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Eight games.
1: So he's by far the most voice yeah. Lewis in 2023, four grand wow. slams in 18 games. Don Mattingly is second in 39 in games. In 87. So over double. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that is... Yep. I had a feeling. That's I was just like, like, I
2: don't, I don't, I, I don't remember how that it being done possible?
1: I mean, there's so much luck involved in coming up with the bases loaded. And then the fact that you're hitting a home run every time you are up with the bases loaded... Crazy. Can the twins make noise? Yes. And if you think no, you are wrong. They can. Their pitching is dominant. They have a closer that throws 104 miles an hour with a hundred mile an hour sinker and nasty curveball. They have the pitching to do it. They can hit well enough to do it. The twins are no cakewalk in the playoffs. They will pitch. They will be competitive and they can make noise in the playoffs.
2: They just need their guys back.
0: Yeah, but they will be. Okay. They will. All right. Be. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services.
1: Time to get honest. What do you got for us for honesty hour? Speaking of the playoffs, Alex, uh-huh. it is time for honesty hour. Everybody gather around, pull up a blanket, maybe turn like on scoo- a little John over there. Turn on a little fire. <laughs> Please don't cozy. do that. Please it's don't turn on fire. Time to be honest. And this week, I want to talk about the MLB playoff seeding. Okay. MLB needs playoff reseeding. Let me explain. As it currently sits, for the division series, series, ser- series I, for the what? division series, it <laughs> typically works out better to be the number two seed. Again, let me explain further. Let's use the National League for reference, okay? You have the one seed, you have the two seed. The one seed is going to be the Atlanta Braves, the two seed is going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers. The winner of the, f- the first wild card seed and the second wild card seed. So the four and the five. This is mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of numbers thrown out. Bear okay. with me here. The one seed gets the four and the five wild card. Yes. So for instance, the Phillies who can absolutely beat anybody in the playoffs? Yeah. They're going to be the 4 seed. And if they beat the 5 seed, they go on to play the Atlanta Braves. Now, repeat. The the Dodgers, the 2 seed will get the winner of the worst division, the NL Central, and the worst wild card. So I think just in theory, in theory it's okay. Well, the Braves are going to get the 1 seed should But no, the three seed is typically weaker than the four and the five. Those are the hottest wildcard teams. The three seed is just the three seed because they won the worst division. I think it should be like what football does. The seeding is all great at the beginning, but then reseed. If the Phillies as the four seed win in advance and the six seed wins, the, the Braves should be playing the lower seed. But that's not how it works out. It's all structured and I just think you should have the biggest benefit as the one seed and you don't in the second round where you do get the benefit is in the CS because you'd have home field advantage throughout. Yeah. Right. But if you're the Braves, you'd much rather play the, the, you know, the six seed in the second round than automatically the four seed, you know, like that's tough because, because oftentimes the six seed we've talked about it a million times. Is the hottest of them all. Yep. They've done the most to get in. They get in Battling by to the, the skin last of minute. Their teeth. Uh-huh. And then they're hot. And then they beat the three seed. And then they go on to face the Dodgers, where the Braves are gonna get the Phillies. You know, so many numbers, so many seeds. But are you with me? <laughs> I am with you.
2: Yes. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. We need reseeding. Okay. Football does it well.
2: Uh, it takes baseball a long time to make these changes. They are they are officially changing some rules. So
1: who knows? In the in the year of changes in baseball, yep, it's not going to happen this year, and no. it's not going to happen for. I think that would need to be like a CBA thing. Yeah, I just maybe with the expansion. Sometimes I get all like I get all bothered by it's okay. some things. You know, not bothered. I just have ideas. I uh-huh, have ideas some good ones to make baseball better. Some, eh. Maybe yeah. some, maybe some not. You've yeah. agreed with the majority of my honesty hours this year. A good chunk of them. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um. Thank you for that. Honesty hour. MLB playoffs need reseeding. That's that. All right. All right. Shall fan we questions. head on up to the stage for some questions? Yes, we are. All right. So we yeah. have some fan questions today. All right. You ready? I am ready. Okay. Let's do it. Let's
2: get started with Jay Hernandez. Okay. Ben, do you think that Dusty Baker constantly changing the batting lineup is affecting the Astros players' performance?
1: Yes. So where I, where I think it does matter more so is when it comes to, like, for example, the Astros had a big game against the Orioles and Dusty Baker did not put Jordan Alvarez in the lineup. And when asked why, he just said, well, The last nine games are going to be more important to have him in than you know. Like you're playing a game, you're playing the long game. Giving him a day when you know, like that stuff affects Jordan obviously, but it affects like timing at the plate and stuff. It affects the rest of the lineup. You're moving guys around, so I don't. You know, it's not like one game you have Kyle Tucker batting second and another batting like sixth. That's where roles come into play. But like if Kyle Tucker is normally batting fifth. Or fourth, and he's moving like one spot. I don't think that's a huge deal. But where I do think the lineup stuff gets frustrating for me, and Dusty Baker is a Hall of Famer and a Hall of Fame manager and just won a World Series. But I, I do have some, I do see some head scratching moments sometimes with the lineup. But hey, fun fact: Dusty Baker's never been known as like the best like X's and O's lineup guy. He's a vibes guy, man. He yeah. brings a locker room together. Players love playing for him. There's so much trust. And there, is, there are multiple different types of managers. Sometimes I would get frustrated with, like, Yiner Diaz could have been in, like, the AL Rookie of the Year conversation this year. Mm-hmm. Took him a while to realize that guy should be playing every day. And it still doesn't happen every single day. Well,
2: it's tough because it's also a pitcher's choice of who they want behind the plate. Yeah.
1: But, and then he started finding other ways to do it, like DH yeah. and... Um, you know, moving him around a little bit, but yeah, I, I do have some question marks. I don't think I don't think movement for, in like one spot in a lineup is big, but like if you're lead, like there are big moves, like from a four hole to a, the leadoff guy. That's where roles are different. A two yeah. hole guy, typically in baseball of the past, you know, you get somebody on base. The leadoff guy, he's a speed guy. Second batter is like a get him over kind of guy. High contact, get him over like a Derek Jeter type guy. Now roles are like kind of thrown out the window. Kyle Schwarber is a leadoff batter. He's going to hit a million home runs strike out a million times and hit like a million singles. And (laughs) And then he's going to hit under 200. (laughs) And he's a leadoff guy. He's an outlier. You could tell me Kyle Schwarber is the best leadoff hitter of all time and I wouldn't disagree. And you could tell me he's the worst and I wouldn't disagree. It's the most, it's the wildest thing of all time. But I love it. I love watching him in the leadoff spot.
2: All right, our next question comes from your boy, Seth Green. If Ben gets stressed every time Justin pitches, how would you be if he was starting game seven of the World Series? Vomiting. Yeah, for everywhere. sure. And we wouldn't know because he would lock himself in the suite with his family, which we never get invited to. So that's cool. That's what that's what's gonna happen. That
1: felt aggressive. <laughs> it was. Got something to say, say it.
2: Yeah, you never invited <laughs> us into your suite.
1: You're from seats We were filling. You wanna come into my <laughs> family suite yes! with my brother on the mountain in the World Series? Yeah!
2: I hang out with your mom and dad the whole time.
1: What are you going to do? I'm your Yell TV at the i Astro- <laughs> <laughs> Are
2: we good? I'll give it together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe this year. Uh-huh. Uh, keep your phone on loud. You'll get that text. <laughs> um, yeah. I, in the World Series last year, it wasn't even game seven. It was game three. Three. Three or four? Three. Three. I think it was three. Five. Oh. Yeah. Because it was a big swing game. Because the Phillies won game three. That's the okay. only one they won there. Justin okay. won game five. I was there. <laughs> yep. Fun fact, I was there. Yep. No, I, I remember I was so unwell. I know. I was uh, an absolute mess. And at one point, I think Kyle Schwarber hit like a leadoff homer, and I almost threw up.
2: Well, we also like cut our pregame show short so you could sprint and be there for first pitch. Yeah,
1: yeah. which was a home run. Yep. I don't know if it was exactly first pitch, but All it right. wasn't. It, it's really bad. I don't know. Justin and I have spoke about this a lot. When I was still playing and Justin would like watch on his phone or something because we've always, he was playing at the same time. But if he would watch, he would get so nervous. And I would, in reverse. Yeah. But he's not nervous and I'm not nervous playing. But like when you have no control over a situation, but you love someone so much and care about them so much and I, you know what a big moment it is and how hard they've worked for that and to be there, but there's nothing that you can do about it. It is, I, I, I can't properly explain how difficult it is for me and, and my family and anybody that, you know, it's not just a baseball thing. It's, it can be a life yeah. thing, but like- You care. Holy shit, man, it is so hard to, it, it really is. It's very difficult to like sit there and have no control and I don't know. I do not do well. Game seven would not go well. Just check on Ben. We'll, just have, we'll
2: have a like a hidden GoPro.
1: If it's a game seven, check on Ben. Yeah. Just that's all or I got. don't.
2: Just let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If but, I
1: show up to the post-game show, that'd be a bonus. Crying? If yeah, I'm, he'll just, if he'll just show up curled crying. will up in a fetal position Either of, like <laughs> tears of
2: joy or like just so upset. All right. We got one more fan question here from Sean. What is the most insane travel nightmare you have had?
1: Oh, mine was this year. Yeah, mine was when Alex woke up one day and her flight got canceled and she couldn't get to a show.
2: (laughs) No, it was, it got delayed. We boarded the flight, then delayed again. We got off the flight. And then it was like, oh, rescheduled for 9 p.m. I was like, wait, what? No, that's that's a canceled flight right there.
1: I've had some, look, I've of course had delays. I've like slept in airports before. I think everybody's like had a bad story. But there's this funny narrative that always happens currently. This currently happens. What? We will have a group of people Fun fact, if you didn't know, when Flipping Bats goes on the road, it's a lot of people. Yeah. There's a lot of people. That, there's a lot that goes into this. It's a, you know, there's a good bit of people traveling. And we all have our hotels set up. But currently, we will show up to a hotel, and everybody will have their room. Everyone. Except for old Ben. Oh, you don't have a room, sir. It's got to be
2: someone messing with you. Every single time. Well, I didn't have one either. I just, I convinced... And it, I convince them to give me a room. It
1: always gets figured out, but it, it it's without, it's like 100% of the time right yep. now. We will show up somewhere. I'll have eight people in front of me check in, all under the same name and the yep. same party in Fox Sports, and I'll get up to the desk and it's like, Ew. what's your name? <laughs> Are you sure you got the list? Ah, I don't see it. Ah, sorry.
2: I got to say another nightmare for you. Uh, we also, when we're traveling for the postseason, have like insane times that we're flying at like two or three in the morning. Uh, We all sleep on flights, except Ben. Ben does not know how to sleep on a flight, so he just pulls an all-nighter when we're traveling. Oh,
1: oh, last (laughs) one. The first time we traveled uh, with Flippin' Bats, I think it was, I think this might have been two years ago, playoffs. But we get off the plane. We landed in Atlanta. It was the Atlanta, it was with Astros Braves World Series. We get there. It was freezing cold and, like, raining, And I was wearing, it was how we came from. I was wearing shorts Shorts. and like a little tiny, like, like long sleeve thing. And I'm standing under the wing of the plane waiting for our bags freezing. And I look over and Smoltz is next to me. And he goes, he just looks at me and it's like five in the morning. And he goes, shorts, huh? Probably the wrong choice. <laughs>
2: I was like, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Captain you're, Obvious. You're probably
1: right. Thanks, John. Yeah,
2: Thanks, good John. times. I'm excited for more of these stories to come in a couple <laughs> of weeks.
1: Uh, yeah, it's coming soon. Is that our final question? It is. That's our right, final question. That is our final question and the end to this Thursday show. So thank you all for listening. Uh, if you haven't, yesterday was with Tom Glavin, Hall of Famer, uh, one of the best to ever do it and a huge fan of his growing up. and. To be able to have, as I mentioned, Tom Glavin and John yeah. Smoltz on the show in the exact same week is, is truly incredible. And it was one of my favorite conversations. And he told so many stories about Bobby Cox and Greg Maddox and, and John Smoltz Dion and, Sanders, and Deion Sanders. Which is crazy. And,
2: I think people forget that he was also like a great baseball player. And Dion, I sent it to you. I don't know if you commented, but he said he was asked what was the hardest thing to do in sports because yeah. he's played every sport. And he said hit a baseball. Yeah. So that added to your argument a couple of weeks ago that we had.
1: Yeah, so go back and listen to that one if you haven't yet that was Wednesday's episode but that does it for this Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats thank you all for listening make sure you like subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast Apple, Spotify, wherever we're also on all social media including YouTube where you can watch every single thing we do at Flippin' Bats pod for all of you but until tomorrow my friends that does it peace